Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Navy Wife Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports and embraces the women behind the military men by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me back. In the defence space, there's a few different organisations offering support and one of them is Defence Families Australia. Can you tell me about how DFA came about? DFA came about after the Hamilton Report in 1986, which identified uh, challenges faced by spouses and families of ADF members. Uh, DCO was also formed after the the release of this report. And the group uh, DFA was originally a volunteer organisation, but today we've evolved into a professional advocacy body, which advises the minister and the CDF. So for those um, that maybe don't know much about DFA or uh, they're new to military life, what are some of the situations that DFA can be there to advocate for defence families? We are considered the national advocacy body for current defence families. So we're independent of defence and we're made up of 11 partners of current serving members with eight delegates located around Australia. Each year we talk with defence families about what's working for them and what's not. Uh, We look at things like ADF partner employment, we look at housing, community centres and any other advocacy issues that families might be facing. So we can identify local trends in the areas. Something might be trending in, say, Adelaide that's different to Townsville and We also do a lot of work on individual cases with families. Most of the individual cases tend to be housing-related concerns that fall outside of policy. Okay, so are there certain steps that someone should take before they contact DFA? We do ask that families try and address their situation through channels such as chain of command, if it's a housing issue through DHA, uh, if it's a family issue through DCO. And if they then can't get their concern met, then they can definitely contact us directly. And you can contact us through our website. We have a national Facebook page and we also have eight regional pages as well. Um, All the details are on our website to be able to contact us. And you mentioned that you're independent of defence. So that gives, I guess, the people that are contacting you who are in situations where they're feeling a bit vulnerable, that extra level of support, knowing that you're independent. Absolutely. And, you know, everything's confidential, obviously, and they can talk to us. We, you know, we, we are defence partners, but we're, we're not talking to defence as such. We're, we're independent. We live the life. We're all families living the, the same life. And so we have a real lived experience that we can, you know, try and help these families if they have any concerns. And so what are some of the past successes that DFA have had that you could tell us about that people might relate to? Probably at the moment, our biggest advocacy issue is partner employment. Uh, It's been even as far back as 1986, when Sue Hamilton did the Hamilton report, they talked about spouse employment and the difficulties that spouses face getting, you know, employment when you're moving around, when you've got your member partners away from home and things like that. And so last year, 
we decided to actually put an initiative into place, which we call Defence Partner Friendly Initiative and Defence Partner Friendly Employers. So we're doing this with fairly minimal resources. We're all part-time, but we will be hopefully getting some more resources in this year to help progress this initiative. So we're looking at things like we've got certain employers that are partner-friendly employers. So they'll, the ones we have identified already are listed on our website. And we want that to, we're looking at things like home-based businesses. How can we encourage partners or what are the the good things about having a home-based business when you're a defence partner and how can you run that successfully? So there's not one easy solution to this issue, but it seems to be every time we post something on it, every page we have on our website that's to do with ADF partner employment always gets the highest hits and the most amount of reach and engagement. So that's been our our biggest initiative at the moment. Another thing that we we know from families is um, they want improved communications to families from defence. And defence has recently introduced Forcenet for families. So that's just literally started in February. And and that's a way that families can connect with defence through Forcenet. And we've been on the Forcenet working group for a number of years, progressing that to have a family component to it. So that's some of the things we've been involved with recently. There's also the Pakupanyo housing trial, which was a a trial that was set up to look at housing options in an area where partner employment was further away from Melbourne and things like that. And I mean, of course, um, improving those key areas is only going to improve the partner's outlook on military life and the way their family connects and feels supported in the end. Yeah, I think having myself being a partner for almost 20 years, the other day we, we were looking at some strategies for DFA and my convener said to me, so why do you work for DFA, Michelle? And I just want to make things a little bit better for families, like a bit easier. And they, uh, things have improved even in the time that I've been a defence partner. And But there's a lot of other little things that, you know, we can do and talk to defence about that just might make this life, this unique life that we live, just a little bit easier for all of us. And often there's a, maybe a little bit of a disconnect between defence if there wasn't an organisation like DFA sort of in the middle broaching that's, that because... That's probably where we see at, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You can actually say, well, from my perspective. That's right. And I think we try and look at things, like I said previously, we identify the trends that are happening. So not only do we look at individual cases, which sit outside policy, if there's a particular trend in an area, we can look at that and then we can put that in our agenda for the year and we present that to the minister and to CDF and see how we can, you know, work with them or, or suggest some changes to, to make things a little bit better for families. And so sometimes do you guys have to sort of like put your foot down and be like, no, this is really important. This needs to go. We do like to put our foot down. (laughs) We do. We do. Advocacy is a very fine line that you walk. So, you know, policy is a slow moving beast. Sometimes it takes a lot to change policy. But, you know, when if we can see this, this is particularly, I guess, for the partner employment, you know, like we'd love to see more resources put into partner employment to support families. And that's our biggest advocacy issue at the moment but it's what does that what do those resources look like so you know that takes a lot of work it's there's not just one magic wand that would fix this issue there's it's such a complex issue we really like welcome all feedback from families and but we can't promise you know magic solutions to everything but we get the information from the families we look at it you know as a whole and then we try and make suggestions to defense 
on on how they can you know look at it from our perspective when families are happy the members happy that helps capability and it helps us as a whole as a, as a family unit so that's how we like to look at things exactly and so how does dfa differ from dco and how do they work together to achieve the goals that you obviously are achieving and striving in the future to achieve through dfa dfa as i said is the advocacy body for current families we're all current partners of current members and we're independent of defense whereas dco the defense community organization is actually defense's family support agency and so dco have uh, public servants that are employees they run the welcome days they support community centers uh, they also look after the defense transition mentors in schools and all the other types of programs that you see that come up for families so dco is a part of defense where we're independent of defense and dco is the support agency where the advocacy body i guess is the way i would explain it to people so can you tell us a little bit about your connection to defense and the pride you must have in being able to directly help defence families via the work you do at um, DFA? Yeah, as I, as I said, I'm, a, I'm an Air Force partner. I've been married to the Air Force for nearly 20 years. So I have two children. I have two daughters and I have two fur children. And my husband obviously is in the Air Force. Uh, we've moved interstate eight times in the last 20 years. So I'm, I'm a little bit tired as well. <laughs> but I, it's a big part of my life and I'm very proud of the work that my husband does and I'm proud to support him but I'm also really keen in my so I'm the communications officer at DFA and part of our charter is to help inform families as well and so as a communications person I find DFA often we can write things in a way that families can understand you know I, I, I don't like using acronyms and I want to I want to let people know that what's out there so that they can live this life and and, th- and thrive in the life that we're living so because there's a lot of certain entitlements to housing and health and things like that and sometimes families just don't know about those things so at DFA we like to particularly we've got a fairly strong social media following so we like to put things out through our social media that families can share and read and understand and and learn more about and that's where I see my my role at, uh, at DFA as well and can also get the information aside from being dependent on the member, they can take that on as being able to get as much information and support as they can themselves, opposed to having to rely on the member um, relaying that message to them. Have you heard about our Lots of Love Care packages? An anonymous and free box of self-care goodies that can totally make a military spouse's day. It's a way for friends and family to send an acknowledgement in the mail to a military spouse to let them know they're awesome and the Navy Wife Life community has their back. Pop over to the Navy Wife Life website after you finish listening to this episode, of course, and sign someone up for the Lots of Love box. Yes, and, and I know myself when my you know when my husband's away, I'm the one that's organising everything at home. I don't need to be able to get all the information via him if he's overseas or something. It makes sense for the partners to have access to that information as well, and that's something at DFA that we're 
really keen to push. This is quite a change for defence to have something like this. So it will take time for it to, you know, be used a lot more often, but it does give families direct access to defence. So, yeah, it's... In a, in a real way. In like, a real way. You know, you can imagine... So if your partner is on a ship and the comms go down, I believe it's called a blackout, yep. that um, you can get an information on force, like the ship's Forcenet team or whoever's running the Forcenet page can put a message out to the partners and it's secure. It's not on social media. It's on That's the right. Forcenet site. So you're not left guessing, oh, what's going on? You've Correct. getting some sort yeah. of communication from... Yeah, it's only just started. So it is... It is new, but you can see, and for instance, in the case of the recent floods in Townsville, where there was a lot of Army and Air Force families affected in Townsville, Forcenet wasn't quite in at the time of the floods, but you could see in the case of, say, a natural disaster where they need to get messages out to families, something like Forcenet would be a way to do this. Social media sort of took that job in Townsville, but it's all out there in the public with social media. Forcenet is a way, because it is secure, that you can get information out to families and you know that it's accurate and you know it's coming straight from defence. That's a huge passion of mine is just good communications to families. And one of the important undertakings of DFA is the ADF Family Survey. Can you tell us about what it is and how important it is for people to take part in it? Sure. So the Family Survey, I believe, is coming out in June or July this year. And to support policy change, it's absolutely vital that Defence has accurate data on families. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence around, but Defence really wants that accurate data in the way that a formal survey will will provide. So it provides really valuable insights for those policymakers. And we've played a part in in some of the questions so we can gather that really good data um, that Defence needs. Obviously, it's not a compulsory survey, so it's really up to people to um, undertake that survey with the mindset of this could ultimately create some sort of change. Yes, yeah. And each time the survey is conducted more and more families complete it and the the more families that complete it the more accurate the data that the policymakers can actually look at and dissect and and make change and then you know from the DFA perspective we can look at the data and say well you know look at this um, partner employment in such and such an area you know why can't we put some resources into that area to support partner employment I know in previous years data from the survey has really helped to frame our initiatives and shine a spotlight on the on our various advocacy issues one of the things that was highlighted was the communications to families, which has helped to, you know, advise our advocacy on bringing Forcenet families, you know, up to fruition. So like you said, it's not compulsory, but it really does provide valuable insights for policymakers. DFA also advocate for defence community centres, which are an important point of support and contact for a lot of um, defence families. But not all all areas have community centres. How does it sort of work with those? Community centres is another important advocacy focus of ours. In In a perfect world, all bases would have them. They'd all be standard. Everyone would know about them. This, of course, costs money. And, you know, the improvements to community centres have to be strategically managed according to need. You know, community centre and that notion of a community centre that's not just for, you know, perhaps stay-at-home partners with young children, but a community centre that can be used for families that work during the day. They can go to something at night and, and actually meet other people, you know, in a real-life setting, not always online. But it's something that's very close to DFA's heart is, is the importance and the improvements to community centres. So what are some of the key areas that DFA are going to be focusing on the next year and beyond 
Have you got any inside information for us? The biggest one is partner employment. That's the one that we're really focusing on. Um, uh, One of our lovely delegates made a comment that if there's two rabbits running, you need to only chase one. And (laughs) we've been chasing that one partner employment one. So we're hoping with the extra resources we're getting towards that, that we can perhaps establish some sort of partner employment program. That's that's the one that we're really focusing on for next year and the future. We'll also be doing our um, our individual case cases that we look at. That's a big part of who we are, and and our yeah. delegates are often very busy with individual cases around the country. Partner employment is obviously a huge issue in the sense of even um, someone's self worth and self esteem is linked to partner employment. And yes. whether you and- can go to an area and and get a job within the field that you're trained for or have previously worked or even just an equivalent job in the area that you're going to? Yeah, it's not just about getting any job. It's about having meaningful employment. And, you know, there's there's just so many facets to this. Like my, my own personal experience, I was, we moved to a small country town many years ago, Sale in Victoria, which is a quite yep. big Air Force area now. And uh, I had a wonderful employer that I worked for there. And then we got posted, of course. And I actually approached that employer and asked them if I could work from home at my next posting, which happened to be in Canberra. And the CEO of this little organisation at the time said, look, what, we don't want to lose you, but how about we give you a three-month trial? And I actually worked remotely through three postings for that organisation. So as a defence partner, having upped and left several jobs prior to this, it was brilliant. And we just need employers to, to start to think outside the box a bit as well. We need our, our partners to think outside the box and they need to be supported. And we need for employers to think outside the box as well. So I ended up working for that employer for another seven years remotely. And so each time we posted, I didn't have to go and find another job. I just had my laptop, which was my job basically. And and I was so grateful to be able to do that. And that's some of the things that we're looking at at DFA. What are, what are the options? I think families, defence families these days, you're a double income family. Most families, or at least, you know, the, the member is full-time and, you know, the partner wants at least part-time work. You just have to have that to be able to survive these days. So that's something that we're just so passionate about. And is there anything else that you would like to let military families know about in regards to DFA? Over the years, that for partners, particularly new partners to defence, that it's really okay to ask for help. Don't sit back and try and muddle through deployment. You know, reach out to your community online or offline. And sometimes you just have to put yourself out there to do this. I I learnt this myself on a, a difficult posting many years ago when I was going through some personal challenges. And once I actually reached out and admitted that I needed some friends and um, everything seemed a little bit easier, you know, there's a, a really beautiful defence community out there and you don't have to, you know, sit at home. And, and that's why I love your podcast, Beck. You know, it's you're so honest and authentic with the way that you write. Having listened to the couple of episodes of, that you've already posted, online I I could identify with so much of it I'm not a Navy partner I'm an Air Force partner but we share the same challenges and I just think it helps to talk about things and and it helps to ask for help if you really need help the basis behind it all is the fact that I would have chats with my defense friends and walk away feeling relieved and I would think to myself what are the people that don't have that doing yeah 
yeah. they sitting yeah. at home anxious, feeling yeah. alone? That, that was me several years ago. We'd moved to a new location. I knew nobody. The unit my husband was involved in was very small. I'd had uh, two quite awful pregnancy losses and I had a little toddler and I was so lonely I and I was sad and I didn't know anybody and I ended up finding like a it was like a coffee group for parents in in the town I was in and I I think my husband thought I used to go there like he we used to have a joke about me you know going on dates with other mums because I just I just wanted to meet somebody that I could talk to it was like speed dating for me it honestly was (laughs) and once I got involved with this group and I started meeting a few people and I found out there was other people in the same situation as me and just talking about it really helped and but I had to, to to do that I had to really put myself out there I had to you know just you know pack up my toddler and say right let's just do this we're gonna we're gonna go there and I look back at that time that was sort of pre-Facebook these days there's some terrific online communities as well there's several regional pages that you can connect with other defense partners just from your own phone and and I, I just think you can't do this on your own it really helps to talk with other people about this life and you know and I know that when I catch up with my defense friends that I've met over over this 20 year career, they're friends I've got for life, you know, and it hasn't always been easy, that's for sure. But particularly when I was a young mum in, in, you know, a location that I didn't know anyone in. Which but ultimately it, only helps you in the job that you're in because it just it, gives you that fuel to be out to keep helping. It does. And I know we, we did a bit of a, a survey amongst our delegates a year ago. And between us, you know, we had about 200 years of defence marriages and partnerships. And, and we had about, I don't know, 30 children and we've all got a story and we've all been with our partners for several years. I'm probably one of the elders of the group, but we, you know, we've all lived this life and and we just want to make things better for other families because there's some great things about being a defence partner, you know, the places we've lived and the people I've met and and I think, And there's funny stories and the crash And the funny, oh, there's so many funny stories, you know, that you can tell and, you know, that's that's why we work for DFA, that's what we want to do. Defence Families is such a diverse group these days that, you know, we really want to just let you know that it's okay. And and if you know what's available to you and you know that there's this community out there, you can get through it. It's okay to say that sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes, you know, you are going to be in the fetal position on the kitchen floor because a dog's <laughs> vomited and a child's sick and something, another appliance is broken and whatever, you know, crazy story has happened. It's, it's yeah. okay to feel like that. And, and eventually you can and pick yourself up and start again and you know the sun always comes up the next day that's what yeah. I always say to myself when I'm in a you know I pickle myself I I just go right this day's finished we'll just put that aside and the yeah. sun's gonna come tomorrow and I don't know if the fridge is gonna break tomorrow or not but <laughs> you know it's you, you can get through it but you need you need support I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in the same boat, or should I say ship. We're all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. 
and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I'm always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.navywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you.